You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 5 today. Here the text before us today is, is a vineyard, it's a, it's a parable, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And God's going to give us a parable about a vineyard. You know the text. The Bible says, Now I will sing to my beloved a song, my beloved touching the vineyard, my well-beloved hath a vineyard, and a very fruitful hill. Stop right there. What does that mean, a fruitful hill? It means good soil. Hey, being raised in your home and in your church, that's good soil. You have a youth group. I know this is hard for you to understand, and I grew up in a large youth group, a large church, a lot of young people in Bible college, but I never heard of a youth pastor because they weren't around. We never heard of it until I went to Bible college. And they said, oh, brother, and they gave the name of a youth pastor that was going to come and preach in college. They said, what's a youth pastor? Most of us in Bible college had no idea what a youth pastor was. We never heard of it. We didn't have those things. Now every youth group has a youth pastor or youth leaders. And the Bible says this was in a good, fruitful soil. And look what happened. He fenced it. Put a fence around this vineyard. And he gathered the stones thereof and planted them with the choice vine. And he built a tower in the midst of it. Made a wine press there. And he, he looked and it should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. You have not been planted in such a good soil to bring forth wild grapes, young people. Our Lord comes to the point and he says in verse 4 of my text, what could have been done more to my vineyard? What more could we have done for you? I, I'm not coming to you like you're the bad guy here. But young people, you have a youth group. I mean, someone cared. You say, well, there's only two in my youth group. Yeah, but there's somebody brought you here. That, that you have a youth group. Did you ever th stop thinking you, you, you have a home? We had a girl come to college here 20-some years ago, and I was apologizing for the girls' dorms. I said, I know you're jammed in there like sardines. And she came with tears in her eyes. She's a pastor's wife now. And she said, Brother Trevor, stop saying that. I was living in a cardboard box before I came to Bible college. One girl came to me and said, Brother Treber, I never in my entire life had a bed. I slept in chairs. I slept on the couch. I slept on the floor. I never had a bed. I never had a bedroom. This is not bad. We have air conditioning. What more can we do for you, young people? I wonder today, and I know that we think that everybody's parents are lost, and I know some of you have lost parents but if you have a mother or a dad or someone at least, they may not even go to church, but at least they claim salvation, would you stand up to your feet if you have a mother or dad or both that are saved? Will you stand up right now? Look at that. Look at that. 95 plus percent of you are standing. You may be seated. Hey, what more can you say about my mother? I, I know. 
And when you become a mother, you're going to find out it's not as easy as it looks. Well, my dad, I know, I know those. I know those stories. But you've been planted in a fruitful field. You have a, you have a privilege today. You live in America. Yeah, wicked America, we're so bad. Then why, pray tell, are they not breaking down the wall over in China to get in or in Russia to get in or Afghanistan? Why is the only country in the world they're trying to get in? It's called America. God bless America, land that I love. I'm going to stand for the flag. I'm going to thank God for the military. I want you to know, you say, well, yeah, America, we're so... You go ahead and find your, I'll help you. We'll buy you a one-way ticket to your country you think is so great. America, God shed his grace on thee. That's where the attack is. They want to get rid of God. You've been planted in a great place, in a great home, in great churches. I look at your churches. Last night I went through the tents. You have great churches, wonderful churches. Well, our church, we just have a little tiny building. Well, 46 years ago today, we literally owned nothing. We didn't own a songbook. We didn't own a chair. We did not own a pen to write down a visit. We didn't have a visitor card. There was no North Valley Baptist Church 46 years ago. July 18th will be 46 years of age, and I remember those days so well. Young people, you might be started off in a rental school or whatever it is, but you're going to be part of this thing. You've been raised in a great place. What more can we do for you? Good home, good church, great America, a true God, the only God, probably a Christian school, cell phones. That undoubtedly, I, I, don't, I know I bought my wife a cell phone not long ago. I can't remember. Are they $500, six, what was it about? What, how, but, but you probably didn't buy a $500 phone. You, somebody gave it to you. Your grandparents bought you a cell phone. Your mother or your dad bought you a cell phone. I mean, you probably did not go work a job for a cell phone. And you're probably not paying the bill for a cell phone. And by the way, most teenagers, God bless you, but that cell phone is probably going to destroy your life. And I thank God that you can stay in touch with parents and all that stuff. <laughs> That's the last person you stay in touch with. You're only growing up in a generation that, I mean, video games, Atari, you have it. I don't know what we're up to now, but we're up to something. And you have it. I'm glad you have things like that. It's wonderful. Well, my day, we, I know, that's nonsense preaching. Sure, we did. We had cars. We didn't have air conditioning in cars. We didn't have electric windows in cars. That's, that's great. I'm glad we have electric windows. I'm glad we have garage door openers. What more could have we done? You have sports in your school. You have volleyball. You have basketball. You have basket weaving, whatever it is. But we have things. God, some of you have cheerleaders in your school. Oh, my goodness. What more could have we done? You have money. Most of you, God bless you. I'm glad you're here. But you didn't have to pay. I know you wash cars. But someone either paid your way or helped you along the way. Someone put a $5, $10, $20, $100 bill in your pocket. 
to get here to help you. These fellows have been throwing things out in shirts, and every time they throw one, I said, there goes $10. There goes, and God bless you. We want you to, but praise God for it. What more can we do? What else do you want? I want you to see this text. It's, it's good soil. It's good security. It put a fence. It's good safety. They got the stones out. We're trying to get the stones out so that it does destroy your growth of your life. You have a pastor that says, here's what we will not do. We will not do this. Here's a mother that says, we're not going to do this. There has to be a heart that say, they must know what's going to protect me. There must be rules in our life. Rules are there to protect us. We have grandkids, 14 of them. And they live in three different cities now, all in the ministry. But I tell you what, when someone drives down the street of their housing development, the speed is 25 miles an hour. I'd hate to see someone go down their street 80 miles an hour. I think of that little, little girl of ours, little uh, uh, Annalise, who's seven years old, I think. I'd hate to ever have to get a call that she was hit by a vehicle. Her mom and dad have some barriers in her life. I'd hate Brother Tim's little girls and his three boys, five of them, to be said in Arizona that, that their, their life was taken because someone was driving like a fool in their neighborhood. The Fenerys live right here. I hate to think on this street where their mother who lives on the street, just a few houses where she grew up, someone rode, drove the car 80 miles an hour and hit those kids. I want rules for our kids. I want rules for my church because I love my church. I've dealt with nothing but for 50 years of the ministry now, just shy of 50, uh, a, a lot of sorrow, a lot of tears, a lot of crying. Clinic stays on my office table where I meet with people because it's used every time someone comes in. You don't go see the doctor when you're well. You go see the doctor when you're sick. People generally don't come see the pastor when they're well. They come to say, my, my husband committed adultery. My wife committed adultery. My son is shacked up with another guy. My, my daughter is shacked up with another girl. My son was immoral with a girl. My daughter was immoral with a boy. My daughter's expecting a baby. My kids are on drugs. They're alcoholics. That's the kind of things you get when you stay long enough and you see things happen and you see a church grow and you deal with thousands of people. I'm telling you what, the phone call you have to make to a pastor say, your daughter's in Bible college. Your son, they were arrested for stealing in the shopping mall. Rules are for safety. I want you to see God says, what more could have I done? What more could I have done? He says, here's some missed opportunities. Because in verse number four, it said, it brought forth wild grapes. And he says, yeah, I'll tell you what I will do to my vineyard. Here's what's going to happen. I will take it away. Very sad thing. I'll take it away. I'm going to remove the opportunity. I can tell you that all of us sin in our life, and I, I hate to say that you're going to fight it all the way up. 
sins that so easily beset us, easily sidetracked us. But I've watched young people, even as teenagers, so sidetrack their life that I don't know if there's a place in the ministry for them. I didn't want to go to the ministry. I wanted to go to Vietnam and be a Marine. My dad sent me, he said, Dad, son, I want you to go to one year of Bible college. And I'm so grateful I went because that one led into two and two into three and three into four. The day I was going to quit Bible college, God gave me my sophomore year, Jeremiah 12, 5, where he preached tonight. If thou, last night, if thou run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? And I looked over that snow-covered snow field that morning in my Bible time in college. And I said, Lord, if I can't make it here, I'm not going to make it to Vietnam. I'm glad God entrusted the ministry to my care. I don't believe all of you have to go to the ministry. But I believe everybody has to come and say, God, if that's what you want, that's what I want. I knew God was, I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I knew God was making a mistake. I knew he was. I, I knew I enjoyed people and could talk to people and uh, have conversation with people. But I knew God couldn't use me. I'd get nervous. I'd start to begin to stutter. I get all red faced. I just knew I could never stand before people and speak. But God allows me that privilege, and I can't tell you how many thousands and tens of thousands of times I've preached all over this country. I know a secretary gave me a list and said, In the 45 years you've been preaching out of town, you've preached over 750 evenings in Los Angeles County alone let alone the East Coast and the Midwest and the South and the, and the, and the uh, East Coast, everywhere. I would never know how many nights that is and how many days that is. We have a record of it somewhere. But isn't it amazing what God can do with really somebody that's not talented? I have a love for God and I have a love for my people. And I have a love for teenagers, but kids, you're going to miss it. God says, I'm going to have to take it away. I'm going to have to remove this opportunity from you. Young people, I don't think it's too late right now, but number one, get saved. But if you're not after you're saved, then say, God, here's my life. Whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, I'll go to that field. I'll go where it's city. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. God, if I could just serve you. And so the first job I got in the ministry was the janitor. You know, I loved being the janitor. I loved it. I just loved it. And maybe when I'm too old to pastor this church, if the church will let me stay here, I wouldn't mind trimming the trees. I would not mind mowing the lawn. If I don't have a voice to preach, I would not mind cleaning things up. Maybe I'll end up my life at that journey if I don't have a voice to speak or if I get too old to pastor this church. But friend, I tell you, young people, I envy you so much. You're at this part of the journey. You're getting started. And I would long to be back where you are. But God has me at this part of the church. And somehow life goes so fast. I dread the day comes that I can't work with our teenagers. I dread it. I dread the day it comes I can't go to the jails or visit people or go to the hospitals. And who knows how that's all going to come. 
He said, well, take it away. It's been a long journey here at this church. I love it so much. But as I go to bed tonight, at night, I think about, Lord, this young man grew up here. This young lady grew up here. They're on my backslidden list because they're doing drugs tonight. God, these boys over here, just within a mile here, I've got about a half a dozen boys that are alcoholics. Boys, these boys grew up here. Some were born here. And they're to drink. Oh, dear God, spare them. Don't let them drive a car and kill themselves or kill someone else today. It's a tragedy to tell you that I've seen boys grow up here. So many out serving God. We have 29 or 30, I guess, now. Uh, young girls that grew up in our Christian school that are pastor's wives. It's a wonderful thing at all. We have a, almost 200 of them full-time ministry out of our Christian school, just out of our own church. It's wonderful. But I think of the boys, particularly I've laid to rest so many that have taken their life because they had everything. They got out of church. They got away from God. And so many of them said to me before they took their life, I think of a young man up in Montana. He said, oh, Brother Treber, he said, you're my pastor. I was in the Christian school. I went a semester to college. I got removed out of your church and out of the, out of the school, that is. And he said, I, I just, I'm in the military. I'm so, I hate life. I want to just be back home. I said, come home at Christmas. Wear your uniform. I'll stand you up and introduce you. And he did so. He went back. He said, I can't take it. I've been such a fool. He said, I missed out on everything. He said, I could be in college right now but I'm in military and I hate it here. I said, there's a good church. He said, I've been there. It is a good church, but it's not my church. It's not home. I said, there's another one in that town. Go over to this one. He said, I've been there. I've been at that church. I've heard the preacher is a good man, but it's not my church. And that night he rented a car. He got a shotgun and put it here. I had his funeral. Oh, what a sad thing to see a, a boy that was so handsome and talented take his life. Young people, I'm standing before you today and some of you will overdose and alcoholics and you'll take a gun and you'll kill yourself. God have mercy. What more can we do for you? What can we do? I'm preaching to you as a preacher that's been down the road a while. I've watched young people get rebellious. I've watched young adults get rebellious. I've watched young couples get rebellious. I watched old people get rebellious and away from God and hateful. What's the answer? Well, stop being the victim. It's not as bad as you have it. What's the answer? I'll close with this. One, be grateful. Be grateful. You're a teenager. You're a teenager. Be grateful for this privilege. Be grateful for your church. Well, our church runs 21 people. We have two kids on a youth group. That's wonderful. God bless you. Man, something's happening there. Be grateful that you live in America. Be grateful that you live in your city. Be grateful that God's giving you a mother. Oh, she might be backslidden, not even coming to church. She might be living with a man. But I dare say in her heart, she loves you. I dare say when she goes to bed at night, she feels very guilty. Your dad may have walked out on you. I have so many adult men in my church, they never saw their dad. 
But they had to come to a point where they said, I'm going to make something in my life. I think of one of my good deacons. His dad left as a drunk. Excuse me, his mother left as a drunk. His dad, at age five, this deacon began to cook his own meals. He never had a meal cooked from his entire life. His entire life, he cooked his own meals. Starting at age five, he got in trouble. He lived downtown in the Juvia Hall, about a 10 or 12-story building. His kids rode the bus, got saved, and came the day to get baptized. And we asked permission, can we baptize him? And they said, no, you can't unless my wife and I come. And they came, and the next week they were led to Christ in their home. He began early in his Christian life, about 15 years ago, to pray. God, I lived in that juvie hall down there. That was my home. I want to go back there and preach. Well, you can't go if you have a record. But may I tell you something? He's gone through everything. He's approved and he preaches there. And those young boys come out to hear him preach as a layman. And so many of them will come up and say, I rode bus 24. I rode bus 26. I rode bus 4. I know better. I should have stayed in church. What more can we do? Hey, young people, be grateful. Be grateful. You say, well, I'm not handsome. Well, join the crowd. I'm not beautiful. Well, that's okay. That's life. You'll get worse as you go. You get wrinkles and you lose your hair. Things that made betrays you. There's two things that keep growing. Your nose and your ears are made of cartilage. Well, if you live long enough, your nose will be way out here and your ears will be flopping like Dumbo. I'm talking about be grateful. Secondly, be godly. Wouldn't it be great to get to know this book? See, I don't understand it. Well, I don't understand how do you play video games either. I watched some of my grandkids a few weeks ago playing Monopoly online. It was phenomenal. And I said, how do you buy that stuff? I know how to do it on a board. There's no five-syllable words in here. There's one fellow's name, Zaphanathopania. That's a hard one. And there's one name that's very difficult, like Luke and David. It's not hard to understand the Bible. Just take your time. We have 14 grandkids I mentioned. I think all but maybe two of them can read. But as far as I know, every day of my life and every day of their life, they get up and every grandchild reads the Bible. For a grandfather, that's a thrill. And though I don't get to see 10 of them very often, well, I go through my prayer life early morning. I'm thinking, I'm wondering right now, are they reading their Bible? And I know they do. Be grateful. Be godly. Be good to people. Be good. Just be good. Be kind one to another. Amen. Both my parents are gone. But my mother, no, it was my father. He fell in a grocery store several years ago. And I had to go down to Santa Maria, and I wanted to go, and I wanted to see him. 
And I got there. My mother said, you know, son, dad fell in the store. She said, there's so many good people around us. As soon as he fell, several people came around us immediately. People we don't even know. Different nationalities, different races. They just came and said, ma'am, we'll help you. And she said this, son, I know they tell us that everybody's bad in this world, but there's a lot of good people that are kind. I said this to our church preaching on the subject of racism a few weeks ago. I've lived a long life, young people. I've never had anybody from another race ever be unkind to me. Never once. Never once. I've never been unkind to anybody of another race. I know they say there's racism, and I, I guess, I don't know. There's probably some people that hate one another. But I've never experienced it. Be good to people. Be good to children. Be good to one another. Be good to your siblings. Don't speak harshly to them. My precious sister that was a couple of years older, the healthiest could be, on election day, for some reason, something went wrong, and her husband heard her make a noise at 2 o'clock in the morning and had a massive heart attack and died. You know, I've seen my parents in the coffin, but then to see your sibling, your sister in a coffin, she called me every week. The last post she made was on Sunday morning. My brother's preaching from right there. She said, Alvin Martinez, listen to what he's singing. And she posted that online, her last post, and then was gone. Love your sister. Boys, you treat her with respect. Be kind to her. Be kind to your brother. Don't say words like stupid and fool and jerk and swear. Don't do that. Be good. Be godly. Be grateful. Be glad. Be glad, happy people. Hey, no drama. Hey, hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. No moodiness. I, I never heard of that when I was... Man drama? Man drama? When I'm a need to offend yet. Sounds like Prince Harry. Oh, Harry. Harry. I tell my child, oh, Harry. I preach to Brother Harry. Harry. Oh, Harry. He was so... Hurt because he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Oh, shut up. Come on now. Harry, grow up. Man up. And then he goes on. I, I didn't see it. He, he said, I went on Oprah's show, and I told it all on Oprah. Girls, don't marry a guy like that. Well, he has a military uniform. I know, but he's a sissy. I'm getting ticked off. Be happy. Be glad. Be, be, a, be a giver. Give. What more can we do, young people? Well, we'll do what we can do. Well, I'll, you want to talk? I'll talk to you. We'll do what we can do. I'll pray with you. I've kept young people in our church, school, out of being suspended financially because they needed money. My wife, she writes checks all the time to help people. I'll help you stay in college. I'll do everything I can. Everything I can to keep you in. I'll talk to you. I'll pray with you. But there comes a point that you're going to have to say, 
I take ownership. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.